Okay, we are recording. So before we start our podcast today, we would like to just pray first. It's just me and Mrs. Schroeder. And Mrs. Schroeder, would you like to pray for us? Yes, I would love to. Father God, thank you for giving us a voice to speak your truth and for this opportunity, Lord, to share our story, which was written by you and that we have the privilege to share what you're doing in our lives. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to speak through me as I share my own personal um, testimony and witness um, of you and how you've been working in my life and all that you've shown me throughout my 42 years. And may everything I say bring you glory and praise, God, because you deserve all the glory and praise that I could ever say. You are so good. We love you, and we're so excited um, to be able to to share and have this platform to do so. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And um, you have a unique story because we'll probably record this some other time, but you used to be Mormon and LDS. Mm-hmm. And you said you were just t- telling me you were like twenty seven. Mm-hmm. You were twenty seven when you became a believer. Yep. So you were twenty seven. You when you became a Christian. Did in like the Mormon Church? Did you guys ever talk about abortion? Yeah. So I was born and raised Mormon or LDS my whole entire life. We were very active in the Mormon Church. Um, went to everything, um, held several high callings and, um, married in the temple were temple workers and all that stuff. Um, so as a Mormon, I don't remember the church, the Mormon church talking about abortion ever really from the pulpit or anything. Um, I do know that as a Mormon, I was against abortion and knew it was wrong um, and evil. Um, my, I have a personal experience of a relative who um, had an unplanned pregnancy and yeah, the thought never crossed their mind um, and they chose adoption even though it was a teen pregnancy. So um, I just think as a Mormon, what I always thought was, yes, definitely choose life, either get married um, or choose adoption. So that's what I thought as a Mormon. Um, Yeah. And that part hasn't changed at all, right? Right. So... Right. At least that's consistent. Yeah. But I wouldn't force marriage, though, um, just because of a pregnancy. So that that view has changed. Oh, you thought that they should be forced to get married? Right. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. The church would kind of force you to marry um, or, you know, choose adoption. But, um, 
yeah Mm, that's interesting and did you was that ever like something you thought about like you ever passed abortion clinics before you became a christian or you thought or read anything or was it just kind of like just something you knew like it's bad but you didn't think about it very much yeah, I didn't really ever think about it. Um, growing up, I never heard of anyone ever having one. Um, I didn't even know, besides that one um, family member, I didn't know anyone who had, you know, a teen pregnancy or a unplanned pregnancy like that um, to be in that situation. Um, so I just never thought about it Um whether you know it happens a lot or not I didn't I don't know I know that um, I was born in 1980 and I've looked up statistics in 1980 apparently was the peak of abortions um, were the most were ever done that year and then since then it's been coming down praise God um, but yeah, that's very interesting because that's the year I was born. Um, a quick story. My mom um, actually was advised by the doctor to have an abortion when she was pregnant with me, which I never knew until recently when she shared this story with me. But yeah, it's really interesting because she had a daughter and a son. And so she was pregnant with me. And my brother and I are only like... Um, a year and a half apart or so so kind of close but yeah the doctor was saying that she can have an abortion if she wanted and she was just shocked and couldn't believe that um the doctor would even say that so um yeah that's weird yeah that's just that's messed up like right. for them to suggest she was at that a regular for no doctor's reason. appointment yeah um so it's very prevalent i guess at that time for sure as it is now, which is super sad. But yeah, never thought about it much. Never knew anyone who went through that. Um, and then fast forward, I became a believer, a Christian when I was 27, and um, which was 2007. And so I was a fairly new believer, um, when I got called to this ministry, it was in 2010. Um, it happened just at church one Sunday. It was a Sanctity for Human Life Sunday at our church. And um, they shared a video about abortion. And they went over the numbers, the statistics of it. And yes, I knew about it, but I just didn't get it until that day. Um, I couldn't stop crying, and that was the first time I've had that experience where God was, like, really just breaking my heart for this and calling me to do something. I couldn't stop crying all the way home, and I had um, four little kids who were coming home from church, and I just kept crying, and my husband was like, are you okay? And I didn't know why I kept crying and what was happening. But I just knew that God wanted me to do something. Um, 
about it because I had never been broken like that before with such compassion. Um, so my husband and I talked and I, he worked it out to, to help me with the kids. And I started volunteering at the pregnancy center once a week. And this was, is this the one in Placerville that Mm -hmm. we have, that we've toured? Yes. Yep. Pregnancy counseling services, which is now called PCS health. And yeah, so I started helping out there once a week, and my parents were very kind, too. They would help watch the kids so I could do that. And ever since then, I've been involved with the pregnancy center and pro-life stuff. Ever since. Always something. <laughs> Throughout the years, it's changed a lot, depending on my time. But I've pretty much been always doing something um, in this ministry it's just um, really neat when God makes it clear and calls you to something that it's just a part of you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're not doing something, it just feels like something's missing. Um, I know, yeah. That's so. something that's kind of insane because, like, for me, like, it, there are some things that God just puts on your heart and breaks it. Mm-hmm. And that's like what prompts action. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just that you're sad. It's literally broken. Yeah. And that's like, that's what he did to me with abortion. Yeah. And for also like human trafficking too. Yeah. But except I don't know how what to do about that. It's not like I can join a group. Right. But the same thing- here. And I believe they're tied. So God did the same with human trafficking. I forget what year that was, but I remember hearing a homeschooler talk on that topic and again I was broken and again I just same with pro-life what I did was just went home and just researched and poured myself into like finding ministries and what can I do and what's out there and um what it is and I did the same with human trafficking and I've been involved in ministries with that as well and done training um but there was a time when I was doing too much and my husband oh, pointed yeah. it out to me and and he's like, what is the one thing? And, I'm, and so God brought me back to just women in crisis and it's all connected. And working at the pregnancy center um, fulfills all of that because we help women who have been trafficked. We help women who are in crisis. We help women who've been abused, um, who are in unplanned pregnancies, who need support, don't know what to do, all of those things, it's all connected. Do you have any stories of anybody like you helped there? Or is it something that you can't say their names, but you can tell their stories? Yeah, so I do have a client that I helped who was almost taken out of the country um, to be married, Two, this is really crazy, especially having been a Mormon, to an FLDS Mormon, which is a fundamentalist Mormon. Oh. So, so polygamy. Like strict? So polygamy. Oh. Yeah. So she oh, almost, wow. yes, her mom literally had to hire FBI agents to find her and save her. Oh, wow. And stop that from happening. It was a crazy, crazy story. Um, but, yeah, so... Was she pregnant? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. She was raped, actually. Oh, by that guy? No. It was someone else. Oh, this is so traumatic. Like, more than one thing happening mm-hmm. at once. Yep. So, so all I know is um, God, you know, has given me a heart for women and um, just to be there for them, to cry with them, to love them and help them in any way that I can. And I've been super blessed by it um, over the years and have made so many amazing friends from it. Um, some sweet friends that I've made were from teaching, um, leading a Bible study at the pregnancy center and talk about amazing, um, just seeing how God transforms lives. That's my favorite thing to, to see and be a part of, um, witnessing that, how God can completely change people and it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you, so you said you watched the video, like, at church that changed your mm-hmm. mind. Do you remember, like, who put that on, like, if it was a video you could find anywhere? I don't, and I don't even know if I'd remember it if I watched it again. Mm-hmm. It was probably Heartbeat Inter- International or something like that. But I just remember the numbers were huge for me, and which I just, yeah. it's over 62 million right? I think it's like 64. Or or yeah, 64 now. Yeah. Yeah, that's an old statistic. So 64 million, which I can't even grasp. And that's just in America. And that was just since Roe v. Wade that had been reported. Yeah. And I think that like within the whole number thing, I remember our very first pro-life meeting. You wrote that um, on the mirror Mm -hmm. with a dry erase marker. You wrote 2363 and you had us guess what it was she's like you you said what's this number and then we and I said um I don't remember what I said but it was very off I was Mm -hmm. like is that how many abortions happen per year Mm -hmm. and when you told us even if it was just four of us that it was per day in America like 2363 and that was the Mm -hmm. 2018 statistic like I remember that just like it was insane. I was like, what? I had no idea. Yeah. And I think it's like those things that like, that's kind of what sets it off. Like I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I think numbers are big. Like if you just like, if you just think about each one of those and we did our cemetery of the innocence mm-hmm. at the park, mm-hmm. which also had to do with numbers. It was a visual so we had these little wooden crosses, and we set them in the grass. 600 and how many? 70. 670 little wooden crosses, just like, I don't know, a couple inches, and stuck them in the ground. And that's how many babies die every day in America, just to the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. And the visual representation was really hard. But it was it was good to see, like, each one of those is a person. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's kind of where we're similar, like, when you saw how many, and then you showed us that same thing. Yeah. That was big. Yeah. Can can you tell us about, like, your Embrace Grace group? Yeah. You don't have to say their names. Uh Uh-huh. But just, like, 
what's been going on and what even is an Embrace Grace group and like what is it supposed to do? Sure. So we just started Embrace Grace at our church, Foothills Church, and um, we've started our first class this fall. No, this spring. When did we start? This spring. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, it's been, yeah, we were hoping to start in the fall. That's what it was, but we didn't have any girls. Um, And then we got we got one, and then shortly after we got another one, which was amazing. So um, the way they hear about our group is through a pregnancy center, usually, or from the sidewalk, um, from a sidewalk advocate. Um, and they're invited to the group. And Embrace Grace is a really neat ministry that started in Texas by a lady who who had an unexpected pregnancy um, in her early 20s and she was a Christian and she didn't feel supported by her church and she felt very alone and judged and so that from that it birthed this ministry which is beautiful and amazing and it's spread and it's international now you can look up embracegrace.com and see, find out more about the ministry. But the whole purpose of it is to love and support women, single women who are pregnant. And it's a 12-week class that is just beautifully written out, um, showing them the love of God. Every week they get to hear the gospel Every week they get to hear how beautiful they are and how special they are to God and that he has great plans for them. Um, Part of the program is a princess day that we get to throw for them. And that's coming up soon and I'm super excited. So that is just a day. It's a surprise so they don't know what's going to happen. But where we just get to spoil them and pamper them and bless them with gifts and all for them, not for the baby, just for them. And part of that day is to show them that they are a daughter of the high king and they will get a tiara and yeah, we will pray over them and wait, are the two girls believers? They are not. Oh, so the two that we have, um, are not yet, but we know that God's got them and they're hearing the gospel every week. And so we're excited, um, to see that transformation. Um, so they get loved on by princess day and then we're going to throw their baby shower. Yes. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So, Our church is going to throw them a baby shower, which will be so fun. So the purpose of Embrace Grace is to connect them with the church body to um, whether they're going to go to church there or not, whether they're believers or not, just to help them see that God's church is a place where you can find love, help and support in time of need. 
that it's a place you want to run to, not run from, and that it's just, you know, a place of grace. So, um, so Foothills Church is going to throw a double baby shower in October, which is going to be super fun. And our women's ministry is so excited um, to help with that. And yeah, it's such a blessing to have this class. And I co-lead it with a friend of mine. We take turns teaching. And it's been really great. Um, we plan to start another session this fall. And I already have a girl from the pregnancy center who wants to do it um, for sure in the fall. So that's awesome. And she's not a believer as well. So I just love it because I just think Embrace Grace is so well done in showing God's grace and gospel. Um, so any any woman we can invite to the class, it's just a great opportunity for them to um, to have that opportunity to be saved. Yeah, I think that's really cool because I know a lot of people, actually Pastor Doug was just talking about this, and he said that a lot of times people know Christians for what they're against and not what they're for. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think this outreach of like of loving on mm-hmm. people who don't have anybody else, like pregnant women, when like if the church is the one supporting them, they'll see yeah. that they'll see God's love through us. Yes, and I think that's really cool because, yeah, because um, then they will like they might have a chance to give their lives to Christ mm-hmm. and see like what He has. Yeah, and I'd much rather be doing stuff like this and loving on people than, you know, protesting and saying we're against abortion, which I know has to be done done too, but I am all for doing the other stuff more. (laughs) Um, You know, the proactive stuff Mm -hmm. um, is super important, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's really cool. And it's like, I was just thinking about this, like, me as um, a high schooler, like, learned about abortion and realized how evil it is. But even as an adult, like, you can have that revelation of, like, of God putting it on your heart. And so, like, any age, it's not, mm-hmm. it's never too late to stand up and do something. Yeah. And, and it's never too early either. Well, actually... If you're a little, little kid, like, maybe, I don't know. No, there's little kids that go with their mom every week to the sidewalk. And they write, choose life in the chalk, on the sidewalk, with sidewalk chalk, which is so cute. And there's kids that go to the sidewalk, too, with their parents and hold signs sometimes. And, yeah, I think you're never too young. You're never too young to, you know have a voice and and kids get it five-year-olds get it what abortion is and they get that a little person in the tummy is a person and so it's very easy did you ever explain abortion to um michael and colton because they i think they were asking about our group but i don't know if Mm -hmm. we ever talked about it like i know we said oh we're here to help people mm-hmm. and they're doing bad things to babies but I don't think I don't know if we explained it yeah I can't remember if I had that talk with Michael or not um 
because I think he would understand. Mm-hmm. But just the depth, that's something I'm not sure, like, when I have kids, what age, like, when do you show them certain things? Well, with anything, you want to go by the spirit, and every kid is different, too. Um, so it really depends on their maturity. Um, but studies are showing the younger, the better for a lot of things, really. But it's how you present it, right? You don't want to traumatize them. Mm-hmm. And It's so like an eight-year-old. You probably should not be showing yeah. them pictures of no. like what it looks like. But you can simply share, you know, that... You know, you can simply teach your kids about prenatal development, which is science and truth, and they'll understand that. And then from there, you can, um, if you think they're ready, mature-wise, to hear the sad news of that some mothers choose to end the pregnancy, you know, and stop that life so, so when I started, when God called me in 2010, Elise was only two and Megan was there for three or four and Tessa was like six. So Brayden was like eight, you know, so my kids were young, um, but they grew up coming to the pregnancy center with me because that was allowed to back then before we were medical. Um, I would bring them with me. And when I did the Bible study, I would bring them with me and they can play with the other kids. And, um, or they would just hang out there. I homeschooled them so they would bring school sometimes. Um, so they would always like know that mm-hmm. there were people who needed help and yeah, so some th- things happened. Yep. So they got to see, you know, firsthand consequences to choices people make. Um, and also they got to see firsthand how God can change someone, you know, completely um, from drugs and alcohol and being in jail to a awesome believer on fire for Jesus, you know, going to church every week and raising their kids in the word. Um, they've seen, they can, they've seen that and they got to understand that, which is neat. Um, you know, the beauty of redemption and God's grace. My question for you would be like, do you have any advice for parents like who want to talk to their kids about these things but they're not really sure how Mm -hmm. well I would say this is a super important subject that needs to be talked to for sure um, as well as the sex talk and you can do it together because they go hand in hand right Mm -hmm. so There's a lot, I would say junior high for sure, Um, but even before junior high, you want to start having um, the more scientific sex talk 
you know, just about the bodies and the differences of the bodies and how God made us and, you know, the functions of the bodies and stuff like that. Um, because before junior high, they need to know that. And they're wondering already, you know, eight and nine-year-olds, you know, are curious about all of that just as much. Yeah, and even nowadays in public schools, oh, um, yeah. kids are exposed to things like you, yep. you said, like a lot of parents say, I don't want to show them or expose them to things, but there's a good chance that they already have been because of other kids. Yes. Yeah. And as a parent, you know, it's your responsibility to share what you believe with them and what you want them to know and, and be proactive about it because it's your responsibility and you can't you got to know that they're going to be hearing they're going to be hearing it from everywhere else. And so if you want to say in the matter, you need to talk. You need to speak up. You yeah. need to be that voice and try to be the first voice and and have that continuing conversation because it's not just one and done. You need to keep that open conversation about all these hard topics um and not avoid hard topics. Um those are the ones we need to be talking about the most um, and not have any forbidden subjects with your kids or, you know, they should be able to talk to you about anything and everything and ask questions. And um, so there's so many good books and resources out there. There's a cute book. I haven't got purchased this one yet, but it's called Pro-Life Kids. And it's like $20 but anyways (laughs) it looks like a really cute book and it's a cartoon book teaching kids at an early age to be pro-life right Mm -hmm. um which is super important we we need to be a culture of life we need to protect and value life all life and treat people with human decency and um you know yeah, humanity. <laughs> and I think like if so, you teach kids like young that all people are important, even mm-hmm. the homeless people on yes. the streets and the really old people and the babies and everybody. Yes. Then it won't be a surprise when they Right. Like when you do talk to them about, hey, this is happening, they'll be like, Well, obviously. Mhm. And kids are like that. They yeah. They just they're like, Oh yeah, it's a person. They don't don't kill it, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you talk about it, you can ask, so do you think there's ever a reason why, how it could be okay? You know, do you think, and they'll tell you, a kid will tell you, no, it's never okay, you know, to kill that baby. So it's really simple truths and it really comes down to, is it a person or not? Um, that's the question we need to be asking And then you don't have to bother with all the other convoluted stuff of rape and incest and um, those rare cases and if it's okay or not because... They'll just know automatically, well, it's always going to be wrong. Yeah, it's either right or wrong, no matter the circumstance, right? That's what makes it a moral moral issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, I think that's that's really good. And also one last thing. Is, is there any like 
anything you learned by working at the pregnancy center of ways to talk to um, pregnant pregnant young women like if they're alone like and don't have anybody to help them like any advice for just talking or helping with that um yeah so you know we try to listen a lot and just ask questions and get them to share what all's going on what support they have um what they're thinking what they're feeling um we want to listen a lot and then just show them that we're there for them and we care about them um point them to resources um that's there for them to help them and um as far as options like when we're talking about option counseling you know we tell them they really have just two choices and that's choosing life or death for their baby and um so there's really only two choices and but technically there's three so there's two choices for life you can choose to parent or you can choose adoption or the third choice is you can choose abortion which is choosing death and then we basically just go over the you know the ramifications of all of those choices and we tell them all three choices are hard. Every one of those is hard in your situation. You're a single parent, you know, um, you don't have support and you're pregnant and you weren't planning on it, you're not ready, you know, whatever they said. Um, so every choice is gonna be hard, whether they choose adoption or whether they choose to parent or whether they choose abortion. And then we go over the side effects emotionally and physically we talk about their dreams and goals and and then we help them see that okay we laid all this we talked about every option and what that would look like and it's your choice and you have to make this decision um it's a huge decision that'll affect you and future generations and you need to take your time in making that decision and not rush into it or make that decision out of fear. Um, and, and that you need to just know that you have to live with whatever decision you make. So I help them see that, you know, you have to live with that decision. So is this a decision that you can live with? You know, mm, yeah. Um, and so your thing would be, the first thing you would do is just ask her her mm -hmm. story. Yeah. And I liked how you put like how you um like you want to know her dreams as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people um don't really think about that that much, and in attempt to rightfully defend life, will sometimes forget to like have compassion and say mm -hmm. well she does have things that she wants to accomplish as mm -hmm. well how can we make both happen 
lovingly. Right. Yeah. Well, let's see how many minutes. Oh, mm-hmm. 35 minutes. Dang. Yes. Well, thank you, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Schroeder, for talking with me. And I, I sound weird because I'm sick. I got allergies or something. Something mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. All that pollen. But thank you so much for talking. And I guess we will see you, our one person who listens to us. <laughs> Aubrey. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, actually, um, I was... So Aubrey's friend prank called me, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, um, but I had no idea who it was. I know it was a Louisiana number, so I knew it was her or her friends or somebody, uh-huh. um, but she 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 said that she wanted a shout-out. I forgot her name. Sorry. It's not... Um, I, I don't even remember her name. Sorry. Um, but I, I, I was like, well, if you won't tell me who you are, because I don't know, I didn't know who this number was. Just yeah. talking to me like, I know your name. Ha 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 ha. Weird, th- weird things. So I'm like, well, can you tell me what you think about abortion? And she's like, whoa. And, um, <laughs> but one of the things we're going to have to talk about next time is abortion in cases of rape. Mm-hmm. And because that's something that she brought up. She said, well, can, mm-hmm. well, what if the woman was raped? Yep. And that is going to be something that we would like to talk about in the future. So shout out to you, person who said that, (laughs) Um, Aubrey's friend in Louisiana. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're signing off. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. (laughs)